Salt map. Hey guys. It's just a fire. Hey, what's going on, guys? Here at the swamp. Get ready to beat LSU. Y'all tune in to Rule Number One podcast on Monday. Here we are, back again, partner. Another week, another episode. 37, man. I know. 37 in a row. Um, <clears throat> this week, you know, we're so excited. Obviously, I say that every week. It's kind of one of our marquee points at this point. Yeah. <laughs> People have our opening script written down by now. <laughs> I know it. Uh, this week, we have Taylor Anderson. Um, tell, tell us what Taylor does. He actually, we were talking before the episode, he's a tech creative guy he does everything he's a little bit of everything up in Gainesville you know he does tours he's been in the band I've heard uh checked over his resume earlier too pretty smart cookie 3.6 at the University of Florida yeah so he is joining us via zoom call how are you doing Taylor happy to be here guys we're happy to have you here man yeah so basically Taylor we ask everybody at the beginning of every episode um what is your number one rule you live by oh man I might have to give you two on this one I think I have two, but I, I've, I've tried to narrow it down to one. I'll, I'll give you my first one. My first one is do not criticize anyone when you're going through life. It's like, what was the last time that you received straight criticism fr- from someone and you responded well to it? I, I can't remember the last time I saw to illustrate this. I saw a really good quote. I think it was from, um, it was, a, it was a Dale Carnegie about a week ago. I saw, it, and it was about a construction manager on a construction construction site. And he was going around and he would always see that his workers would never want to wear their hard hats, which is like a big risk on a construction site, obviously. And he would tell and he, and he would scold him and say, if you do this one more time, I'm firing you off the construction site. And when he told them that they, they took they put their hats on. But the second he left the construction site, they took him right back off because they were like, fuck this guy. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're like, yeah. who cares? Honestly, he's gone. But the next day they had a different different supervisor came in and he saw that none of the workers were on the hard hats. And he went up to him and said, are your hard hats fitting okay, guys? Would you like some more comfortable ones? Every single day of the year after that, every single worker on this site had their hard hats on because it put the responsibility on them. Instead of putting the responsibility on the guy for being an asshole, it put the responsibility on them. So instead of criticizing, giving, you know, not even critique, but asking if they could use more support, I think is the way to handle situations. So honestly, just by avoiding criticism, that's the way that I feel like I've built effective teams and really managed that well. So that'd be number one for me. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I actually just read this book. It's uh called Think Like a Horse, and it's the owner of the Diamond Cross Ranch. Um, I've heard of that. Yeah, over in uh, Wyoming, uh, Jackson Hole, and uh, and basically the the name of the um the book obviously is Think Like a Horse, but they had this reoccurring thing um that they always bring up, and it says makes make the uh the right thing easy and the, uh, the wrong thing hard. And so it talks about whether it's training a horse, whether it's mm-hmm. having people in your life or whatever. And if you want somebody to do something, don't necessarily like get on them or whatever. Just set up a scenario where it's like, okay, you continue to do this wrong thing. I'm going to make it very hard for you to do this wrong thing and make the right thing very easy, whether that's an incentive or, hey, I'm just going to guide you this way and I'm going to let you make the decision. But at the end of the day, you have to kind of deal with the results of it pretty much so that's so true it's it's you can set people that's almost in a way you can set people up in a way that they're going to take responsibility when they mess up or you can set them in a way that they're going to get mad at you when they mess up and almost treat you as like the villain and i think that's a really good point if you make it really hard to do the wrong thing people aren't going to be doing the wrong thing and the responsibility goes on them if they mess up so no i i totally agree don't criticize anyone and if i had to go on to a number two this is honestly just as big and this is my dad's quote and i picked up to this point but it's always delivered to someone more than they expect always give 
mm-hmm. someone else more than they expect. And that's, that's something that I don't just try to do in my work, but in every aspect of life, whether it's like a friendship, whether it's work to photography, whether it's working with the team, whether it's just, you know, helping, helping a parent, it, it's, it's always delivering someone more than you can expect. Because another, another good quote I read recently was whenever you have an interaction with someone, it's either going to be slightly positive, or slightly negative. There's no neutral interactions. People pretend mm-hmm. like there is, but I mean, let's pretend you go through the McDonald's line. There's something as simple as that. When you leave that line and talking to that person, you either feel slightly better or slightly worse going on with your day. And I mm-hmm. feel like by making sure that every interaction you have with someone, you leave them a little bit better off and give them more than they expected from that interaction. It can go a really long way. And it doesn't, it doesn't take, you know, an act of God. It could be something as simple as showing up to work five minutes early. And it's like, well, no shit. Why, duh, show up to work early, but nobody does it. If, if it was, if it was that special, it, it wouldn't, nobody would do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, just by doing these tiny little acts, you can go really, really far by giving someone, even if it's slightly more than they expect, it really hits an impression. Absolutely. That's going above and beyond for kind of anything is what you have to do nowadays, especially with how hard it is to move up in the world. Every, you know, every job is getting more and more exclusive. Every company's getting more and more exclusive and they're looking for the individuals that go above and beyond and the everyday things and tasks, whether that be like you said, getting to work early or, you know, just having an above and beyond attitude. So you can leave a positive impression, like you said, on everybody that you can encounter throughout the day. I think that's a really good point that you made. I, I kind of, I'm going to take that with me. I'm going to remember that one for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it kind of reminds me of like something that like my dad used to say, he always would say like, if we'd borrow something or if we would go stay somewhere, he always said, leave it better than you found it. And so like, no matter, yeah, yeah. yeah no matter what, like you go say friends that you go stay at somebody's house or whatever. And you slept on the couch, um, you know, fold up the blankets, make sure everything's picked up, you know, just leave it better than you found it is because not just doing the bare minimum but going above and beyond and doing it and uh i you know i've told brian this before like i'm a big person on like what my name's tied to and so for instance if i'm gonna put out something and it says nathan smothers or whatever and i'm a big person on i want it to be the top quality i don't want average i don't want you know just mediocre and i definitely don't want below average because if i'm gonna tie my name to it then i expect excellence or i expect you know the the top notch of what I would do because if I were to do it myself then I'm going to give it 110% no matter what and so I just oh, personally that's, that's that's just personally how I live by and I it sounds like you kind of do the same thing no absolutely that's so true and in our generation honestly just doing something could be going above and beyond because our generation has a lot of bark <laughs> we're really mean, loud but we have no bite when it actually comes down we're the generation of you know, we're like a bunch of loud dogs that are barking all the time but when it comes down to actually doing the thing we don't do it you know it's like even you guys, I don't, I can't tell you how many college houses, how many group of friends, how many frat kids, whatever, that are like, let's start a podcast or let's start a vlog or let's do this. I haven't seen one group or one person that's actually done it. So just by you guys, you know, saying, I want to start a podcast and doing this, what is it, 36 weeks now, actually, actually doing it. It's like, that's going above and beyond in our, in our generation, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, people don't realize how hard it is to actually put on a production like this and schedule out interviews and stuff like that. But I told Nate, like when the idea was forming, we did one in college, like you said, the wild frat boy kind of thing. It didn't work out. We kind of hid that one in the closet. But when I came up to him, I was like, man, we got to bring a podcast back. We're going to do it. 
the right way. Man, all of our socials have a post daily. Like we we stay on top of this thing, man, and we we do it we exactly. do it the right way. Yeah. And daily posting. Everyone wants the views, everyone wants the connections, everyone wants the likes, everyone wants this, but nobody wants to do the daily post. Exactly. Nobody wants to do the clips. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was I was yeah. telling Brian it's starting off like early on whenever we like first began it and it was, you know, there's people that blow up overnight. Um, you know, simply there yeah. are, like, and and it, it's great. Absolutely, yeah. They could have they could have the characteristics. They could have the funny clip. They could do whatever, and they could blow up overnight. But staying consistent with it, and uh, and posting every day, and you know, and and sticking with it, and everything. I told Brian, he was like, you know, I I don't like where our numbers at. What can we do more? And I said, Brian, I said our numbers are fine. We got to stick with it and continue to do what we do because you know we gain a follower day on TikTok or a follower on Instagram or five here or four there or whatever. And yeah, we're at the point now where people go to our social media and can look through all the stuff that we're at and can go back and be like, Oh, that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. It's hard starting Mm -hmm. out whenever you only have only a couple posts or whatever and be like, Oh, they've got 30 followers. Why would I follow them? Yeah. I think the hardest part about it is what Taylor, you said about our generation's commitment. You know, people can't stay committed to things like at all. Nowadays, so mm-hmm. I said this last episode um, when we were talking to Liam, the attention span of a human being is shortest as it, it's ever been. It's I think it's like nine seconds now. Max. Yeah, I, gonna make like, I saw fun. that. No, I actually saw that episode. I, I know what episode you're talking about. And I literally I'm not kidding. I typed into Google when I saw this episode, the average attention span. It can't. I think it was eight point six seconds. And I yeah. said, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's so crazy. But that's what sets the people apart nowadays if you can stay committed to what you're doing and stay committed to you know your cause or whatever you're working towards you're going to rise above the cream of the crop you know what i'm saying you're going to be the person that Mm -hmm. that gets the reward because you know everybody else just gave up Mm -hmm. right when it just Mm -hmm. became inconvenient yeah it's like you do not have to put out i mean you always have to work very hard but when you have a lot of people around you that aren't really putting that just by making content daily you know what i mean Mm -hmm. is a such a big step above the crowd because like i was saying everyone wants to clout the views whatever but when it comes down to doing the daily posting that's where our generation it's not just with videos it's with anything showing up for your job things like that it's, mm. it's really a i don't know it's probably one of the biggest issues in our society right now yeah, is. yeah for real like if you look at some of like our ancestors our grandparents or great grandparents or whatever and they had to absolutely like bust butt just to make a living like just yeah. to, like yeah, just to make a middle buy yeah it's exactly just to get by and uh and it, it it's honestly kind of sad that nowadays and you know 2023 our generation if they do just a little bit more than just show up to work like five minutes early mm-hmm. or stay five minutes late or hey like you know give a lending hand whenever somebody's walking by and needs help with a package or something it's it's sad that just a little bit above the bare minimum will help you succeed in life yeah. compared to our mm-hmm. ancestors who just absolutely busted but nowadays it's kind of tough it's like dang okay so i just do a little bit above bare average what does that say about our society like it's on the downfall it's <laughs> <laughs> not even showing up and doing a little bit more doesn't just help you go further. I think it helps you learn new things too. Cause some mm-hmm. of the best things that I've learned personally that are now some of my primary jobs, you know, I do photography, videography, design. I learned that I love design by an accident. Honestly, I used to intern at the fire department. I used to want to be a doctor years ago. I, I had a career shift from the medical field over to the business field now. <laughs> and I was working with patients literally around town at the fire department and things like this. And they had a 
they said, we need someone to start making the newsletter. And I, and I just, you know, I said, you know what, I'm not getting paid for this, whatever, but I'm just going to start doing it. It sounds like fun. And I found out I love doing this. I, I love design. And just off of accidentally almost going into a field that I didn't mean to, I learned a completely separate skill set. And it's like by doing those things on jobs repeatedly, I feel like I brought in my skill set, not from just the initial thing you go to do the work for, but to other skills that you're going to apply to other jobs one day, you know? Yeah. Dude, you, you have gone above and beyond. Man, I wanted to get into that next. You're a, a student at the University of Florida, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, a, I'm actually going into my, I'm, I'm a super, super senior now. I'm going into my sixth year, actually, but it is my final year. So. Nice. What, what are you studying? So I started out studying biology my first three years here. I, I swear to God, I was on, my girlfriend and I, we were on set for med school. I was like, I'm going to UF. I'm being a doctor. So hardline. Some stuff happened, decided it wasn't the field for me. We could talk more about that too, honestly, but switched over to business now. I got an um, undergraduate degree in general business, um, and then my master's right now is in marketing. So it's kind of like a um, four plus one type program. I'm more like four plus two, but yeah. it's a program you can do your bachelor's and master's at the same time. And, you know, I, I just do business because I feel like I can go in so many different directions with it. I don't want to, I'm a, not a commitment person. I don't want to lock myself. I know we were just talking about commitment. But <laughs> not a commitment person in terms of not a commitment person in terms of one career, you know, I want to try to be more like a jack of all trade type. So I, I really wanted to do a degree. Yeah, I want to do a degree that enabled me to go to any field. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a that's a good one. You know, business and the masters in marketing, you can go into any field with that. You can get into videography marketing like you already do, or you can get into like, mm-hmm. I don't know. TV marketing stuff like you know any any kind of thing, and then the business side of it, you can just bounce around. You can look into apparel businesses to go work for, or like a Fortune Everyone 500 needs marketing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. I'm starting. I'm starting it. Um, my internship coming up. I'm actually starting on the fourth, so in like three four days. Now my internship is starting at FedEx, so that's like my first Fortune 500 experience. Awesome. I guess yeah. so that's going to be a corporate that's America. Going to be a good experience and. Yeah, right. I'm going to, we're going to be the corporate, corporate grind and see how that goes. But I heard you see, I say this in another episode, it was everybody needs content. It's just, that's what you guys said today. Mm-hmm. If you're able to produce content and high quality content, you're not going to be out of a job because everybody needs content in this society. And I feel like marketing goes hand in hand with that. So, you know, that that's kind of where I see that field going. It definitely is. Like if you look at any marketing nowadays, it's all video. How, how can I get my product out on social media the quickest? That's all marketing is nowadays. Like, can we all agree on that? Like everything, every brand that you see is on TikTok. Every big Fortune 500 is on TikTok. Like, it's all going to the social media mm-hmm. thing. I think TV is honestly going away, too, with all these streaming services and yeah. everything. So oh, like, yeah. I saw some crazy stat that was, like, the percentage of households that still have TVs, like, actual cable. And it was ridiculously low. And it's, like, dropping by half every year. It's actually nuts. It's going to be straight YouTube and streaming on people's laptops yeah. and stuff, you know. It's, and this podcast. The podcasts are blowing up right now. So, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, I do want to say one thing about the marketing thing. My favorite class of, and this is kind of a cool story, and I don't know that I've ever told this story on the podcast. My favorite class in all of college, I was an agriculture studies uh, major. And so, I mean, there was a lot of biology, chemistry, sciences, whatever. My favorite class that I Mm -hmm. ever took was entrepreneurship uh, and small business marketing. And uh, and I took the class you know, had a great time, whatever, this and that. My final project, the teacher said, he was like, okay, uh, we're going to pitch. I want you all to pitch an idea. Um, basically, I want you to come up with this business and I want you to give like three hooks and be like, why should 
I start this business or whatever. And like Shark Tank. Uh, yeah. And so, go. so I get up there and, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and Brian and I had kind of like played around this podcast idea and I get up there and I, I give my pitch for this podcast and, uh, and the deal was there was going to be four winners in the entire class. And then you would have, um, basically everybody else would, would be split up for the, uh, the class to help you develop your idea. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I do, I, I give this pitch and all of a sudden, um, my name was the first one called after everybody had voted what their thought was the best idea. My name was the first one that's called and turn around looking at over a year later we have a podcast <laughs> we have a podcast <laughs> dude that's wild that's like that's like a class project coming to real real life right, right. that's pretty crazy it's it's cool we to be able that. to see like your ideas and develop over time you're like oh yeah i thought this was a cool idea and then you get out of college you hit the real world and you're like hey let's go do something do yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, i love the podcast too because it's one of those things where it's not, it doesn't blow up overnight, but if you do it consistently long enough, it will be big because mm-hmm. it's one of those fields where I feel like you're rewarded by consistent quality. We're kind of like a YouTuber. It's like, you're not going to get a million subscribers overnight, but if you pump out a high quality video every day for 10 years, I promise you're probably going to have a hundred thousand <laughs> at least subscribers. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's, I love it. It's a rewarding field too for high quality work. I've, I find podcasts so fascinating because of a couple of reasons. One, it's a way to be independent from the mainstream media, right? So it's mm-hmm. a way for all these. That's big, a blessing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, for real. Exactly. But it's a way for like these big celebrities or whoever to be them true selves on a forum that anybody and everybody can see them on. That's that's one reason I like a podcast too. There's 4 million, probably more now than that in the world podcast. So that means everybody mm-hmm. can do it. So like it's an opportunity for anybody and everybody. So why not jump into it? If you like talking to people and you talk about cool things, go for it, man. Like nobody, nothing's stopping you from starting one. Yeah. And even like I saw the stat and I don't know the exact number, but even with like TikTok, like everybody is scrolling on TikTok and I believe I want to say it was under 10% of the people on TikTok actually make videos, like have posted their first video. Really? It blows my like, mind. Oh, it's just spam. That's that's It's just like a ton of spam accounts with no content being made, essentially. Just, uh, yeah. Like Twitter, just tons of accounts viewing, but not producing. Yeah. Exactly. And so whether it's like, for instance, if I, Brian and I or whatever had a TikTok and be like, oh, I want TikTok to like watch everybody else's stuff, but I'm just not going to post anything. And it just mm-hmm. blew my mind. And that obviously, like, like you said, it could be spam accounts. It could be a bunch of bull crap or whatever, but just that stat alone, it puts in perspective and be like, think about how many people are out there watching other people try to strive for their dreams or whatever. It could be doing it. And yeah. it's, it's the apps on your phone. You can literally take mm-hmm. your phone. Like you're watching TikTok, press the plus button, <laughs> flip the camera and say two sentences and you're done in five seconds. Yep. <laughs> that's how easy it is <laughs> and people and it's crazy yep. because people do that they will say two sentences and have four million views it blows it's my mind yeah. it blows my mind yeah, how people managed. just won't even try it yeah they, they don't and then it's the hard parts you know being consistent every day after that blows yeah. up you know <laughs> taylor do they have any like I'm, I'm curious at the university of florida they seem like they'd be keeping up with modern times do they have any like social media marketing classes in your master's program so i've not had I'm not going to lie. I have not had a class in social media marketing. Now, okay. to be fair, I haven't gotten really my electives. Like I still have another year. So I assume at the end, I'm going to be like able to choose more fun mm-hmm. electives. Yeah. But I honestly don't know if that's a thing. Now, I've had 
some other creative classes. Like we have tons of AI classes. We actually have a huge, I don't know if you guys know, like UF is like the biggest school for AI initiatives in the United States right now. We've had the, um, the, the founder of NVIDIA actually donated the um, largest supercomputer in America to UF and it's actually here right now being used. So we're pushing these insane initiatives right now for uh, AI. So I've had some classes in that and I've also had some classes in Python and coding and some more upcoming fields, you know. Man, that coding stuff's hard. <laughs> like I looked yeah. into it. It's really hard. I bought that uh what's those books? Like Something for Dummies, right? The yeah, yeah, I looked yeah. at, I Coding bought, for Dummies. Yeah, I bought the Coding for Dummies book. I didn't make it past page three. I was like, yo, I give up. <laughs> I can't do this. It's well, like I told you about like photography and stuff that I was learning and everything, and I was like, dude, like whenever you get into a new hobby, it's a whole nother language and you've yeah. got to learn how to speak it. And I'm sure exactly with coding, coding is literally another language, I feel like. Yeah, it is. What was oh, that class 100%. like? It's, I, I personally didn't like it. I'm, I, I'm not to, not to um, shit on coding or anything, but I think <laughs> it showed me that it's probably not for me, honestly. It was, this guy that taught it was very hardcore about it, and the exams were ruthless. I mean, it was, it was down to the point where the multiple choice would be four or five different symbols or commands with maybe one parenthesis change or maybe one you know hyphen or comma change and it's which one of these it wasn't just like oh this means this and this means this it was comparing things almost identically and finding these little idiosyncrasies it would be like teaching someone english and then trying to teach them when to use an i when to use a e or something like that you know what i mean it's just these little things that almost sound the same and i realized i was like dude this is i don't have the patience for that i i get bored very easily i get very like i can't be behind a computer all day long so I got to be on the move and I, I realize I'm, this is not, this is not up for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I find it so fascinating. The university of Florida keeps up with the times like that with their classes oh, yeah. and everything, you know, like there's schools like me and Nate went to no bat, no knock against Warner. I love, I love where I went. I love what I studied, but like their classes, they're like, other than communications, all the other stuff's kind of like what you would see in like a 2000s or 1990s college. Same, you know what I'm saying? Like the major's not yeah. not like a technical major or like a nursing major. It's like you're like you're by the book majors. Um, it's crazy that UF has AI on campus like that. They're pushing it. I, I'm not gonna lie. I did the um, I did the photography for last graduation here in the in the O'Connell Center and a considerable portion of the graduation speech to all the graduates was about AI. As strange as that sounds, it's, it seems like UF is almost pushing in every single area. I'm also a, I'm a tour guide on campus, um, and one of, the, one of the lines they just added to the tour, literally the university mandated, it gets said in every single tour, is that UF is focusing on a big AI initiative. Every student is um, considered to receive a um, certificate in AI, and that's literally something they forced to be added to the tour. So it's it's in the graduation. It's on the tours. They just got the big supercomputer donated. It's like every single aspect of this school is pushing AI really hard right now. I don't really know the master plan behind it, but maybe I think it's just they know where the world is going. You know, they have to. Well, it is like you said. It is going that way, man. AI is taking over. Chat GPT is doing homework for nursing students and high school students. You got uh, it's running. I don't know all kinds of crazy simulations wondering how the world's going. it's oh gosh we talked about it last episode we went a long rabbit hole with it yeah i want to get uh i want to get taylor's opinion because so you know how like nowadays um 
the world's already kind of lazy to a degree, kind of yeah. like we already talked about. Yes. Um, and, yes. you know, it's kind of this one click away world that we're living in where it's like if you want to learn something, you know, you're one click away. And it's a good thing and it's also a bad thing. You know, you it, it takes you 10 minutes to learn something or whatever, but you don't ever put the time and effort yes. to go like emotionally involve yourself into something and learning the skills. My question is, with all this AI stuff, and you can literally input all of this hard work into, for instance, an essay. I need a, you know, biology 101 essay for this topic, you know, yeah, osmosis or something. And so it has this, you put it in and you put it out, whatever. Where do you think this next generation is going to go if it's, we have this one click away generation what about this AI generation where it's like you literally have to do nothing but know how to type six letters? You, you know, I, I thought about this a lot and I've, read, and I've read a lot about it. And I'm still confident people who are the most skilled and talented are going to be able to go to the top. And it's not just going to be a bunch of lazy people using the AI and getting by because I think it was I think it was Elon Musk that said this quote, the most successful people are not the ones that are very talented or the ones that use AI. It's people that use their talent to enhance the AI. It's using them together. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you just mentioned that essay. You could write a 1,000 word essay through ChatGPT. Yeah, that's great. It'll come out perfectly worded, but it's not going to be the most creative. It's not going to be the innovative. It's not going to have the human touch on it. If you give that AI generated essay to a pro writer and then they improve that to their level, that is going to be the best paper in the class and it's still going to show. So I believe that the right answer here is not really going forward only using ourselves or only using the computer, but using the computer to enhance the abilities that we already have. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the direction that I see it going. If if there was one big concern I have, it's, I forgot where else I saw this, but it's that AI is going to start learning from itself. So as humans produce less and less content, the AI isn't going to have anything to learn from. Because let's say five years from now, everybody writes everything with AI. What's the AI learning from? What's its model? It's itself. The only thing that's been produced is from AI. So now the AI is learning from the AI. Isn't that kind of scary? Yeah. So it's almost like this. It's like this. It's like this computer superhuman person, almost humanoid, producing content and then telling itself it's right over and over again, and then using its own words to reinforce the things that it produces in the future. So I think that's really scary. Is if we stop producing content as humans and the AI just starts learning off of itself, it's it's going to write what truth is by its own. And it's going to be really confident about it. Because you guys know, ChatGPT is really confident. Like when you ask it something, it's like, this is the right answer. Yeah. And it's, a lot of the time it's not, but it'll be like, this is the right answer. That's crazy, man. I, I like what you said though, um, about the creativity, man. When like AI, it's not us. Humans are creative, man. We're innovative. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to figure out the next tech advance. We're always trying to figure out the next vehicle model, whatever. Like, just the human race is a bunch of innovators. If you look at it as a whole, and we're creative. We have out there thoughts, like the butterfly doors on cars, or putting a man on the moon. Like mm-hmm. AI doesn't have that, right? It's 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 exactly. us working with it. It don't it don't have the ability to have that. Oh, idea. That's pretty creative. Let's do this. It's yeah. always going to be zero, zero, one, zero, one, whatever the code is that's running mm-hmm. to tell it what to do. The code, yeah. It's never going to be able to like create its own codes. I mean, hell, it might already be. Who knows what Google and ChatGPT have locked up for the next generation of AI, but like it doesn't have that human touch, that creative side. And I think that's what's going to be kind of the saving grace for us with AI. 
right? Like you said, we're going to have to use it as a tool, but we can't totally rely on it because if we totally rely on it, I think society will fall apart and it will take over. <laughs> like, yeah. not to be a conspiracy nut or anything, but like, we have to use it as a tool and not use it to our advantage. That's a, that's a really good point, Taylor. <laughs> I uh, I do want to bring up... No, some- that's a... That- oh, no, go ahead, Taylor. Sorry. Brian, I uh, totally agree with that. And that's why that human touch element, I feel like Chad GPT right now, even if it's not doesn't have that human touch, I think it has it a lot more than it's going to have in the future. Because like I said, as we stop producing less content, it's not mm. going to have that content to produce it from. Because right now, the code it spits out it's just a comp- compilation of a bunch of stuff humans have made in the past, you know, and it's using all that information on Google to spit out a new thing. But as we stop producing things, what's it going to be referencing? It's me referencing a computer. And I think it's going to completely lose its human element. So for now, I think we're okay. But when chat GPT 2035 comes out, <laughs> have we, and maybe we haven't made shit. What if we haven't made shit in like 15 years? What is gonna, what's it going to be referencing the computer? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, real. we gotta, we gotta watch out, but keep going. Nate. Um, no, I just, I wanted to hit a point. Um, we talked about AI, I think the last three episodes, it's big, man. It's <laughs> no, it's, it's huge. Modern. And I love, I love having everybody's, um, uh, perspective on it, but I do want to get your perspective. You talked about, um, being creative and having that creative thought as a human. Um, and you also talked about being consistent and putting quality content out, out every day. I want to know more about this video- videography thing, because I know you've had the opportunities to video some really cool people. And I want you to hit on that. Uh, yeah, no, the photography the thing and videography now more, more recently is, is honestly years in the making. I mean, it goes all the way back to my, my, uh, my mom, my dad are video uh, photographers. You know, I just grew up, you know, I didn't, I didn't want a babysitter. I wanted to sit in the office and watch them work mm-hmm. when I was younger. So I'd just be for hours on end just watching them do their thing. And that's sort of where I developed the um, touch for it. And then over time in college, after I uh, dropped pre-med about my third year of school, I said, I got all this extra time now because I'm not going to lie, probably 10 hours of my day back in that day was studying. I mean, the organic chemistry, physics, BS, mm. every day it consumed my life. And I dropped all that and I said, oh my God, I have so much more time now. So I really used that opportunity to take it to the next level, building connections, things like that. And yeah, I have had some pretty cool opportunities to work with great people. I mean, you probably saw um, Halloween this past year. I um, I did photography for Shaq and videography for Shaq, which was like, I mean, coolest opportunity in my life. It was just incredible to see that happen. Like a lot of my work come up to that point. And it really taught me that I heard you guys say this in another episode as well. You know, it's it's totally who you know, not what you know. And yes, what you know is important. You got to be good at what you do. But if you're really good and you don't know anyone, you can't do anything with it. And it's it really showed me that the the really the Shaq connection came from the first one of the first people I met in college. They stemmed to another person, then they stemmed to another person as a music producer, and then I met that music producer's friend. And then I, I knew that that friend knew the CEO of the media company that was throwing the concert. And then the CEO obviously had the connection to Shaq and they were looking for photographers. So it's like by making a connection with somebody, even in your dorm room, four years later, it turns into <sighs> lifetime opportunity, which was like, this is incredible. You know, when you say Shaq, yes, he means Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Diesel. DJ yeah, Diesel. Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Diesel. So is that was that for his EDM concert he did in Gainesville? Yeah, so he actually he uh, threw a, a Halloween concert in Gainesville. It was called uh, Shackoween. Funny enough, <laughs> so yeah, that was his first time in Gainesville. I think through that it was wild. I mean, I've never seen. It was probably the most people I've seen packed in one place before. I know Brock talked about on his 
on his pod at Mr. about how packed it gets. But I mean, that was the absolute most packed I've seen Gainesville get. So insane concert. And off of that, since then, I've been getting more into EDM and honestly, concert photography in general. I've done a few concerts since then, and I, I just love it. I mean, being in the front and just the energy of the people there, there's nothing like that, you know? Man, that's a, that would be a hell of a career. A concert yeah. photographer, yeah, that, man. You'd be rocking out while doing your job, man. <laughs> Dude, that, that'd be a dream. Like, I, I, I started out, obviously, like, with wildlife and stuff, but, dude... That would be, be such sick, a blast. Right? <laughs> like travel around the world and just take pictures of like artists or whatever because like Taylor, I don't know if you know this or not. I like I'm a big music guy. Not like you, um, by any means. Taylor yeah, can yeah. play some instruments, but uh I love music. I love the lyrics, I love <laughs> you know, the beats, I love everything about music except I don't carry a single music bone in my body. <laughs> um like I, I will find the most random songs I'm I'll send them to buddies and be like, Hey bro, have you heard this song? They're like, No, this song's shit, Nathan. I'm like, nah. No, no, just a simple way in this song that it's like different. I like it. Um, Taylor, you've been in the, you're in the band, right? Are you, you were in the Pride of the Sunshine, right? Yeah, I was in the Pride of the Sunshine, the Gator Marching Band. I'm not anymore. It was my first, uh, my first three years, the first three football seasons here. It was 2018, 2019, uh, 2020. After that, it was COVID year. And I, I had one full year of COVID band and that was, that's me like one of those stories I tell my grandparents, I mean, my grandchildren, they think we're like aliens. Like, I mean, we were like standing six feet apart from each other with masks on the field that have like holes in them that like you shove the mouthpiece through. Like it was like the strangest thing I've ever seen. Like could barely even talk to people during practice. So after that season, I was like, you know what? I've done it for three years. I got my, I got my fill. It's time to move on. But that was probably the, if I had one big takeaway from college, like the biggest challenge and the biggest reward it would have been marching band because you know nate at our uh our high school we didn't have a we didn't have a marching band right. at, our, at our high school so there was like i think there was one other person there's there's 400 people in gator band there was one other person that hadn't marched before so i mean i, I for about three weeks i was looking really stupid it looked like i didn't even know what i was doing at all but i mean it, i i got it down after a while and it was the most rewarding experience dude it's hard was, uh learning how to march yeah it's it was really tough in the beginning i'm not gonna lie so I want to know the difference between like, for instance, like the pride of the sunshine or the people, the Oklahoma or not Oklahoma, the, uh, Ohio state band, like, you know, the world famous Buckeyes deal, like yes. what caliber wise, like, what are we talking? Yeah. So the Ohio state band, for example, those very like specialized bands, they're completely different form than like these big bands, like Florida state and uh, UF and you know, these huge the, Michigan, these massive bands, it's a completely different program. So like Ohio state, you're talking about a very low membership of very specialized people that are mm. probably very competitive. I assume very, you know, have to be t playing top. It's not about playing as loud as you can. It's about where we're going to be accurate we're going to be perfect in our formations and we're just going to be very old school in a sense, which is good. It's very traditional. And you'll even see the way they march on the field is they, they point their horns toward the direction they're moving. So if you go this way on the field, you literally move your horn like that. In F FSU at UF, these bigger bands, we are like 400 people. It's like massive production, like super loud, filling a stadium, like playing the entire time, uh, yeah, just like a massive production. And it's not that we're not accurate. We're still very good. But I'm just saying there's not that like huge emphasis on precision and perfection there would be in Ohio State, for example. And another thing that our marching is instead of turning the way that we march, we always point towards the front. So if the, the um, home side is right here, even if you're facing this way, you're still putting your horn 
like this, even if your body's facing the other way. So it's always pointing the horn at the stadium and like making the loudest, biggest experience possible. So I'd say, you know, the big bands like I was in are more about the, that like huge game day hype experience. Let's get lit. And then mm. Ohio state and those specialized bands are more about let's be super competitive and tra- traditional and have like a smaller accurate experience, but maybe not putting on a massive production. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. They miss out because the pride of the sunshine <laughs> puts on a hell of a show before every game <laughs> and at halftime. Everybody, dude, they are precise when you're drawing the curse of Gators on the field yeah. and you're doing the state uh, moving across the field and the UF when the players run out, dude. Oh yeah, the Gators fell out. Yeah, y'all can mar- y'all can march with the dude. best of them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. Like it's it's crazy how even though I say oh it's not as I mean that it's not like ultra competitive like if there's somebody that's like a good player but not a pro player you can still be in our band you know we're not like we're not like excluding people as hard i feel like it's some of the more competitive experiences and uh yeah i mean it, it's especially spelling out the gators like that that's the coolest thing ever spelling out the curse of gators but it looks good on tv and it looks good when you're there in the stadium but you should see in the practices i mean we could spend three hours straight sp- spelling out the gators and imagine the curve on the g is slightly wrong we could we could spend hours correcting three or four people that are slightly out of place on that G, you know what I mean? So there still is a big emphasis on it. It's, it's hardcore, the practice. I'm not going to lie. During band camp, the first two weeks, we always came in two weeks before fall semester started. People are passing out every single parade. I would see at least one person pass out. It was it was really hardcore. So it, it definitely uh, it got me in gear for how UF was going to be pretty hardcore. So how'd you get into it, man? Uh, did you get a scholarship out of LCS to be able to go? Um, or did you like, quote unquote, walk on or like, how'd that experience start? So how it is with um, Gator Band, honestly, it's actually a class at this school. It's considered an elective. So it's uh-huh. actually a one credit course. You just take the class and uh, sign up. And how it works is we don't have a, we have an audition system, but it's not really a you're in or you're out. How it works is everybody auditions. And before each of the shows, whoever the bottom I don't know, five people in the section, the lowest performers, they just won't be in the show on the field. So we don't kick them out of the band or we don't really exclude anyone, but it's more of like, if you're not showing up to practice on time, if you're not memorizing your music, if you're not, if you're just not good, <laughs> we're, we're, you're not going to be performing in like the big shows and stuff. So that's what I like about Gator Band. We, we accept everyone. I mean, even people that are in community college at Santa Fe and Gainesville, we still have them in band, but it definitely is still competitive in terms of I always got a spot in the shows, thank God. <laughs> but you know, if you weren't if you weren't being responsible, you definitely were going as a as an alternate. We like to call them. So that's crazy. What instrument do you play? There's no scholarship though. No scholarship, by the way, though. It's actually funny enough. You pay to do marching band actually because it's a credit class. Really? So. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. What uh, what do you play? Oh, what I play trombone. I actually got one right. Oh snap! Right. <laughs> Break it out. Give I us a rip. Couple tunes. That is awesome. I love it. Oh, that is going to be such a great clip. (laughs) I I, I had someone prank me in an interview once, and they told me the last question in the interview we said, We saw on your resume, you were in band. They were like, Can you go get the like instrument and make a few like sounds with it just to like prove that you're like, you were in band, you know, and I dead ass took them serious. Like I got the trombone out, I was like ready to go. And they're like, "No, we're we're just messing with you." Like you got the. You got the <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds like a fun workplace. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Taylor, <laughs> I do want to know, um, you know, man, I've, we've covered so many topics uh, tonight. I do want to kind of know, you know, man, what's, what's your goal for the future? Obviously, you know, you, you got a business degree and a marketing degree, you know, where do you see yourself in, you know, five years or so? It's, I know this is a general answer. It sounds like, oh, I don't know what I want to do type answer. But here's the thing. I was so set on my path for three years of I'm going to be a doctor. I mean, I got myself in quite a bad place with it. Some really bad. I'm really passionate about mental health now, especially for men. But I got myself in a really bad place mentally wise with these classes and like the rigor I was doing, just this pressure to become this one thing that now my attitude is really I'm open to any opportunity that comes my way. And if I like it, I do it. And if I don't, I don't. I know that sounds kind of just up in the air, but that's really how I see myself going in the future. It's like whenever somebody offers me an opportunity or I see one that I really want to do, I just go and I just like try to send it. I don't, I don't try to narrow myself down to, Oh my God, I must do this one exact thing. So like an example of that would be, I was, uh, Nate earlier, excuse me, earlier, Nate, I was telling you about the, um, you know, Tesla position I wanted. That's like something where I just see it and I'm like, you know, I love, I love Tesla and I love photography and I love videography. All these things go together. Let me apply it for this thing. So it's like, I'll just send basically whatever I see that's interesting. I don't really have one top goal. I mean, I guess my top goal is retire quickly. And make yeah, money that's basically. a good goal. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but besides besides that, I don't I don't have the one career goal anymore. Where it's like, oh, I'm gonna be this exact thing. Because I realize if you pressure, your, it, it's good to have big goals and it's good to push yourself hard. But if you're pushing yourself to the point where you're unhappy for something, don't mm-hmm. put work before your own mind. You know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, there's a couple of things I want to impact in that statement. Um, and if you wouldn't mind uh, saying like how what what made that flip from. Um, the whole biology major pre-med deal to into this business world. Um, and also Mm -hmm. like with the whole mental health thing, especially in men, uh, that is a couple things we've hit on it several Mm -hmm. times. And we, anytime any guy brings that up, bro, let's make a point on it because it's a huge thing and it, it's crazy. I made a TikTok on it in November um, and it was like, it was men's national, uh, national men's uh, health month. And it was so ironic. It was literally like November 20th and I was never saw anything, never saw anybody post anything about it. And so I made this video. I was like, ironic how November is national men's health month, dot, 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 dot crazy how nobody's talking about it and it's like it's just one thing where not a lot of men talk about it like it's you shove it deep down in so yeah i'm gonna let you do your thing and explain a little bit how that uh how that happened no i i definitely want to that's a really popular question i even get from parents on tours if i'm not giving a tour to a parent and they're like oh my god you switched your major like twice or something like why do you do that so it's definitely an important point and the first thing i would say is it was just bad for my mental health in terms of the stress. I mean, the scores they want you to get and the GPA they want you to maintain, it's basically getting nearly straight A's or maybe a few A minuses. And I know at some schools that's people could just do it, but at UF, it's like UF was, it, it, it is, it is still the hardest thing I've done in my life to this day, just the rigor of the classes and how hard they push you. And I realized I'm not willing to sacrifice my health. And honestly, my life at some points for something as simple as a career. Now, that's more of the mental health aspect. The more logical way that I got to it is if you want to be a doctor, that's all you're going to do. You're not going to have a side hustle. You're not going to have a side business. You're not going to have side interests. It's a career where it takes so much time, stress, effort, that it's going to be your life. You know, you're going to do four years of undergrad, four years of med school, four years of residency, fellowship, tests, boards. It's just going to keep going. And each one of those things require 100% effort. I'm the type of person where like, 
I want to do a side hustle of photography and videography. I'm like working on starting a business with two friends right now. You know, I want to have, I play piano and a few instruments. I want to have all these side hobbies that I'm doing. And I realize if I'm going to be a doctor and lock myself down in this field, it's not going to be possible because it required my 100% effort to perform in that field. And even at my 100% effort, it wasn't even good enough to be where I would say I was highly competitive for, you know, UF or what I wanted to do. So basically just so I could have side hustles and side things and have some diversity to my life, I realized that was not the right field to do that. And the last, um, I know I said there were two points. The third point I want to make is I don't think it came to me naturally. So it's like, there's a few things that I feel like I'm inclined to naturally, like photography. I think I have an eye for that. When I'm out there with the camera, I almost feel like connected to it. I feel connected mm-hmm. to people. And that some people feel that way towards exams, like, like dead ass. I have met so many people and friends where it's like, they get great grades all the time. They love exams. So like, this is my passion. I love learning the system. I love like breaking the system. And it's like, it's almost like the questions talk to me. And like that relationship that some people have with standardized testing is like the relationship that, that I have with a lot of creative things like design and photography. And I'm like, you know, if I have this type of relationship with those things, why am, why am I not doing those? And why am I doing this? It's like, it's like if you're trying to force yourself to constantly do something that you know you're not made for. So yeah, I, I just realized I'm, even if it's my passion, I'm not going to do something where I constantly know this is not the right thing for me. So I know that was a lot, but those are kind of three reasons that push me to go on a different path. No, that dude, that makes completely complete sense because one, I can promise you that no doctor, nurse student or anything like that has ever thought about that point. Not being able to go and do whatever you, you know, like your side hustle, like you said. Two, you gotta have. Yeah, it, you man. don't like, have time for it. You gotta have something that's gonna get your, you know, your mind off of, I guess, your nine to five or whatever you're doing primarily. And you know, it's not a bad idea to make money on the side too. Like you gotta do it. And number three, you have to do something you're good at, natural at, like like you said, something yeah. that you're passionate yeah. about and you have a knack for. Like that's the things that are exactly. gonna, you know, not drag you down in a world full of people trying to drag you down. I guess it's a song lyric. I don't know if I actually quoted that or not, but it's just like, you have to do something that's going to bring you joy, man. hundred percent. I agree with all those points you just made. Definitely. And sometimes Mm -hmm. there's even times in your life where you're very good at something, but it's just not your passion. I mean, that happens for instance, like baseball Mm -hmm. with me, there was a time in my life where I was very good at baseball and I was passionate about it. And then there was another time where I was still pretty good at baseball and, but I wasn't as passionate about it anymore. There's chapters in your life. And whenever you go through life, you're turning pages left and right. Every single day is a new paragraph or whatever. And so there's sometimes where you outgrow friends, you outgrow different things and it's okay to move on and find different interests or go to different things. And I feel like a lot of times nowadays, people just get stuck in the fact of I'm stuck in this chapter and I can't go to the next one because they're too scared to see what's on the other side of the page. That was a fantastic analogy and I pulled that right <laughs> out of my ass. <laughs> that was a good one for me. That was good. Anyways, we ask this question every episode, Taylor, in our snap questions. If you could have three people out to dinner, dead or alive, who would your three people be? Oh man, okay. I've been trying to think about this one for the last few days. I'm not going to lie. So Number one, I'll give you the basic, the basic one. You might already expect it. I bet other people have said it, but it's going to be Elon Musk. And I know, I know that's kind of a typical answer right now, but, but I mean, it's, I would have so many questions for him. It's like, he's putting, 
He's putting internet in Ukraine for a war for people, he's putting satellites that are shooting internet into Ukraine for, for what? It's not for profit. He's not getting money for it. He's doing it because it's literally just to help help somebody else. And mm-hmm. it's it's really funny because he's a figure in our society that gets a ton of criticism. I mean, people really don't like this guy. And I've noticed almost every single person that calls this guy an idiot or calls this guy stupid, one has nothing going on. Two, they're pretty unsuccessful themselves. And three, they really haven't given much back to the world themselves. And it's, I see this tree like again and again with people that call Elon Musk an idiot or whatever other name, which I just think is absolutely insane. It's like, you're criticizing this guy. What have you done? It's, it's, like, it's like, if you had something going on, you would not be shitting all over this guy right now. You know what I mean? He's, I call him an alien. Is he's that literally, an insult? He's literally the definition of changing the world. Yeah, he is. Have you noticed that? Whether he's an alien or not, like yeah, you said, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he's out of this world for yes. sure. Yes. Uh, um, but he literally changes the world in every single step he makes, which blows my mind. Like, everybody talks about, like, I want to change the world. He's literally does it. Every move he makes, he just changes the world in a different way. I think, it, like, literally every move he makes. He smoked yeah. He smoked weed on the Joe Rogan podcast one time live, and, like, his stocks were taking, like, hits, and his CEO from Tesla was calling him, like, on the show, like, what are you doing? Like, dude, everything he does has oh, an effect. 100%. It's crazy. It's it's like even the Twitter. It's like people are so mad about the Twitter thing. Like so mad about the Twitter thing. I'm like, dude, all this guy did. He literally overpaid like tens of millions of dollars more than he had to. He actually did a really bad deal. He way overpaid to get this company to literally make it free speech and literally just make people say, you know what? If you want to post something, you want to say something, you can say it. And it's like, how can you be mad at that? It's like it's not even a political thing. It's really just a this guy wants to unlock the door to people's free expression of ideas. Whether those ideas are right and wrong, people need to use their brains and actually determine, oh, do I like seeing this thing? We can't just live in this like soft world where it's, oh, we're not even going to let you see anything because you might not like it. It's like, no, we need to put our like big boy pants on, look at anything someone puts on the internet and use our brain to say, does this actually make sense? Do I agree with this or not? Not just have someone hide it to you, hide it from you because you might be scared, you know? Well, who's number two for you? Oh, it's number two? Oh. Let's see. Number two. Number two is going to be, oh, this one might get, this one might get me some heat, but I'm going to say Epstein for number two. Oh, I'm gonna say wow. Epstein okay. Two. That's all right. We had Putin two yeah, episodes, yeah. episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Th- that, <laughs> that's because I want to know what happened. I feel like that is one of the craziest mysteries and like, Amer- it's going to go down as like the craziest mystery in American history. I mean, I just saw an article that was 18 months after this guy was, a pedophile and on the sex offender list this extensive list of like the biggest celebrities these people worship every day on tv god you see them at the awards people think they're gods they're not they were hanging out with this pedophile on a daily basis and then he goes to jail and then one day he just kills himself and we don't know what happened it's like i want to I, I would ask him so many questions i mean i'm just fascinated in the creepiest way of like this guy's master plan to like you know almost cleanse the human race and like breed women like it sounds like the craziest thing that i have ever heard before and it's like what if this guy didn't get caught and he had 40 more years to carry out this master plan like what would have the world been like you know so i just have i think it's a tragedy really that that they just let him i think that's kind of bs in the first place that he just killed himself in jail when you're a max 
security celebrity, but no, I don't know. that could be the big question of the day. Did Jeff, did Epstein kill himself? No. <laughs> it, whenever, whenever you say master plan, he's not saying like, it's just a, this great plan that he had. He's saying Jeffrey Epstein's master yeah, plan. Yeah, just yeah. like want to yeah. explain that a little <laughs> real quick. But my, my thing is like, yeah, yeah. you said, you said he, we don't know what happened. Hell yeah. We know what happened. They killed his ass. He was about to go to court and roll on all these celebrities and politicians and somebody had the nerve to hire the hit and they killed him. They didn't want all their, you know, their bad juju out there. Like, yeah, you said, there's a maximum security. Nobody was, nobody's breaking into that. Yeah, I know. That's the truest part, Brian, what you just said there about he was about to go into court and like, you know, basically say a bunch of shit on a bunch of celebrities. Like, I think it's, so many powerful people were connected to him that at least one had to say, if this guy goes to the court, he's going to expose all of Hollywood. Like it literally would have been almost all of Hollywood just getting absolutely ratted out. And, and DC. Catastrophic for the mainstream media, which is probably equally. I mean, he was going to rat out people in the mainstream media. I mean, that they, they will do anything to protect themselves. I mean, the media companies are evil. So very true. Yeah, it's, it's, and I'll go on to what we're on. We're number two. Oh, I got it. Number three. Oh my God. What was number three? Um, Number three is going to be Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you guys are fans of Jordan Peterson at all. But I, I, I love that guy. I mean, you've heard of him. He's, he's a good, um, he's actually a psychologist. And he's, he used to be only practicing, you know, doing therapy with people, treating patients. And he used to be a college teacher. And he really, his, his lectures in class gained so much traction online. They like went viral. It's like, how, how does a college how does a college lecture go viral? I mean, you can't even yeah. keep people awake in college. <laughs> this guy start going this guy start going viral online, and over time he's just gained traction, and now he's he's producing shows. And I actually saw him speak live in um saw him speak live in Tampa about about two months ago. And I mean, that guy is really um he tells you the stuff that you might not want to hear, but you really need to. He's a, he's a complete realist, and I like that he uses himself as a situation. You know, most doctors, psychologists will kind of talk down to you and like you know, sort of act like they're the, I'm in this perfect health state and I'm helping you. He's like, no, I need help too. He's like, I've gone through drug addiction, all this crazy stuff. I developed, you know, I basically developed these insane conditions from my addiction and now he's using his experience to treat others. And I think that's really cool when a doctor can put themselves in the place of another patient, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. That's actually like genius. Like if you have a doctor that can be real enough with you to like, Hey man, I'm suffering the same things you are. Here's my perspective on how I can help you. Maybe he like, isn't so against taking his, like other people's perspective, you know, to, you know, better himself too. That's, that's really cool. I'd like to, I'd like to be at that dinner table. Taylor, that'd be a really interesting one because I got my conspiracy theory there. I got Elon Musk, the alien, and I got a really cool psychologist. It seems like he's down to earth. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would. Barrett, I would it's a lie. You said you said dead or alive. The second yeah. I heard dead, I thought Epstein time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Epstein time. <laughs> All right, our next question for you, Taylor. You know, you you said you were into photography, into videography. If me and Nate could put you on a first class private flight anywhere in the world to go take pictures and videography, man, where are you going? Oh my God! Okay. First thing that came to my mind was Dubai. I've just always wanted to go there. I've always been fascinated by it. And I think like that's probably the coolest place of photography in the world. It's kind of a basic answer because everyone wants to go there, but I think Dubai is the coolest place in the world. And honestly, number two, it's pretty close to home right here, but it would probably just be a ticket to New York where I was last summer. I mean, I was there for two weeks and I think I did 1% of the place. And I said, I could come back here 
every single summer for the rest of my life and take completely new photos and completely new experiences. So yeah, I would say big city, Dubai, New York is where I'd be going, honestly. Or if you wanted something more creative, just, I mean, the I've really never done, I've done some nature photography, but it would be cool. Just maybe get dro- drops in like the middle of the jungle. It was just a camera and yeah, say, dude. have fun. You know, that's another option. <laughs> our, uh, our guest 33, Emily Corn or uh, Emily Miss Cornelius, sorry, she went to Dubai and she raved about how it beautiful it was and the culture uh, differences between there and America. That that seems to be a common occurrence for people mm-hmm. nowadays to go check it out. I, I want to go check it out, but I want to go do like the the scuba tank, big big under. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to go for. Yeah, speaking. Oh, of, you said the scuba thing. Yeah, the yeah, super it's, deep tank, dude. That's crazy. What is, it's some? I forgot the depth that was, but it's like I've seen videos of it. It's insane. Like yeah. like it looks like an ocean. <laughs> Yeah, there's whole all different rooms and everything in it. Um, but speaking of Elizabeth Cornelius, one of our guests, um, you sent me your uh, your resume um, earlier, and just to read through and look at your, some of your accomplishments and everything, dude. She does a bunch of stuff with uh, career coaching, and she helps people. She works in the field where they get all these resumes in, and she'll just all these comes across her desk. She'll be like, nope, 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 nope. Yep, that one stuck out. Let me read it. Ah, nap go, 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 whatever. If you're interested in looking at, uh, having her look at your resume and her giving you some pointers, bro, go contact her through her Instagram page and everything. She does a great job. She helped Brian. She helped mm-hmm. Maverick, our tech guy. And, uh, she does really good job. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. You got a third question? Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's really great. UF honestly has a, a whole department at, um, and our, I really like our business school cause we kind of have all of our own resources we're very separated from the general university we kind of have our own system going on we have a full department that's just for they call them the cap mentors and there it's a full department just for reviewing resumes and just for improving things like that helping you make a linkedin things like that so it's like every single resume that comes out of uf has this exact same format and so every employer knows what to expect when they get a uf resume it's like okay we know we know this format we know what to expect it's not like people some people's resumes are pretty scary <laughs> we cracked the secret we cracked it remember how we were earlier episodes we were like man how do all these uf grads get these jobs and stuff and they're like oh it's the same uh, it's yeah. the resumes it's everybody the- knows what uf resume is he just said it i knew it i knew there was something <laughs> they go above and beyond and help their students with resumes shocker. go gators baby yeah go gators. Um, Taylor, anyways, uh, this will be our last and final question, snap questions. But, um, I thought of this question a couple months ago and I really, you know, wanted to develop it a little bit and I want to implement it in the show. Um, if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want people to remember you by, or what would your legacy be? Or what would you want your legacy to be? Ooh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Um, it's a tough one to come up with on this spot. I mean, I would I would say first off, I try to connect it back to my back to my first two things you live by, because if you're going to have a good legacy, you better try to connect it to the rules you you have for your life. You're not going to have much of a legacy, you know. So I would say with my whole thing on always deliver to someone more than more than I um, more than they would expect. I would hope that every single person remembered when I worked with Taylor, when I was friends with Taylor or when I did anything with Taylor, I came away feeling a little bit better than I did before. And I know that sounds very general and very broad but i mean that's really if we have to go to that high of a level i think i would just want people to walk away feeling you know a little bit better than than they would before because obviously if you're at scale like elon musk you're changing the world people say oh obviously there's all these legacy things but i think just by being a 
good person by delivering to someone, you know, slightly more than they expect in their day, or maybe they're having a bad day. I always saw that it was a short film I watched. It was a great clip. And this guy was walking by, um, guy was walking by a girl and he, he noticed her heels and said, I like the, like the color of your heels, for example. She was actually suicidal and she had a plan to kill herself that day. And really right before she killed herself, the thought went through her mind of that guy complimenting her. And it was just a spark of serotonin and and just general happiness that it was just enough to make someone not in their own life. So I just feel like being a decent person on a daily basis. You can't, you can only not even leave a legacy on the world, but you could save a life in the process, you know, bringing it back full circle because that wasn't above and beyond answer right there. <laughs> I love good, it. That was a good, that's a good question too, man. Yeah, I love the question because one, like at the end of the show, it just kind of brings a full circle into the number one rule you live by. And two, man, it's one thing because you never know when you're going to be taken from this yep. earth. You never know when your last day is. Exactly. And so, and all you got is from the moment you were born to the moment you end, those are your book covers and everything in the middle is what your, you know, people remember you by. And so if you're just living it up or doing whatever you know those are your pages do you want somebody to pick up a book and remember you by you know how you acted or something you know switching it up being like you know what i'm taking a change i'm going this way and i want everybody to remember all these pages or all these chapters and this is the change i've made and that's something that's really been happening in my life where it's like okay i really want my legacy to be seen from this point on because before i was a complete dipshit <laughs> and now i'm making a change and i want people to look at me from this point on yes i'm, I'm proud of you. i feel the same yeah i feel the same way i mean that's so true what you just said there nate like living it up in the moment that's feels great in the moment what's anybody remembering you for nothing <laughs> not one not one thing so i've things that don't feel that great in the moment but take hard work doesn't feel that great in the moment, but you're going to be remembered for it. I, I forgot I was in a, I forgot which gym I was in or something. It's a quote on the wall, but it was pleasure is temporary, but pride lasts forever. When you're doing something, some temporary pleasure BS, you're going to remember it for the moment. But you're going to forget it tomorrow. And definitely no one else is remembered for it for you. But if you do something where you have pride in it, where you're like, wow, this created a lasting thing that was longer than this immediate moment. That's that carries with you forever. And it carries with everyone else forever. That's what we're trying to do here, man. That's what we're trying to do here. That's what we're building. That's why we're bringing people like you on, Taylor, man. You're going to do such great things. You got a good head on your shoulders. You got a lot of interest. You're very flexible, man. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Dude, I appreciate it, Brian. If you guys ever, I mean, I know y'all are know y'all are Gator fans. If you're up here, I'd love to set up the pot at the house or something, do a you know yeah. temporary show here, and you guys are... You guys are welcome here whenever. Like I said, I got a, my house has nine people in it right now. We got like 3,000 square feet. So, you know, if you want to come up here, set up the pot or just, just have some fun, you know. For <laughs> sure, man. For sure. Maybe, Vegas. maybe we'll live in the moment a little bit up there. <laughs> Taylor, do you have any socials you want to shout out right. real quick? Yeah, yeah. So on uh, my main thing is probably Instagram. That's going to be taylor.l.anderson. That's my Instagram handle. I don't have a separate account for my photography. I just sort of plop it all into one big one big account there and then if you want to see my website this is going to be taylorlanderson.com and that's my website you can see photography anything like that kind of get in contact with me 
Yeah, yes. guys, I appreciate it. It's yeah, fun. Man. Yeah, so we do this cool thing. So we follow back all our guests on our socials. So if you go to our following list, we will be following Taylor. Um, so you can click him there or you can go and type in his handle. Um, and we hope that y'all retained uh, a little bit of interest into the show and maybe last it more than 8.6 seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we've got a pile of guests coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks and we're excited uh, for the next couple more. Yeah, dude. It's been, you know, we're going. We're rocking. We're rocking and rolling. So we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs>